Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, my name is Robert, and you're listening to That's the Movie Podcast on the Sasha Marina Show. So, um, I'll be hosting it today, and pretty much what I do in this podcast is just talk about movie news and stuff, you know? Most of the time, it's always superhero news, because, you know, there's never a week where there's not superhero movie news. And anyways, let's get started. So, the first bit is about um, Cowboy Ninja Viking, and Cowboy Ninja Viking is a comic book, um, that is about, it sounds outrageous, but it's about um, um, an organization that has these agents that have split personalities. And this specific person focus, focuses on a guy who has personality of a cowboy, a ninja, and a viking. And a few weeks ago, or maybe I think it was about a month ago, I talked about how Chris Pratt got cast in the lead, which is awesome. Chris Pratt is, is great. But now some more exciting news is that the directors for this movie I mean, at least they're in talks, are the same ones for John Wick. And if anybody's seen John Wick, John Wick was a very awesome action movie. And this movie definitely sounds as like it's just going to be like a fun action movie. So um, I'm I'm totally down for that and, and officially entirely interested in this movie. Not just because of Chris Pat, but, but now we got these directors attached to it, so that's really cool. And I'll talk about a movie that I'm pretty sure everyone lost interest in a while ago, the next Steve Jobs biopic that's directed by Danny Boyle and written by um, Aaron Sorkin. Yay. So officially now we have Michael Fassbender starring as um, Steve Jobs and um, uh, what's it called? Seth Rogen is playing uh, Steve Wozniak. So, sure. I mean, nobody really cares anymore. Um, I'm just, I just want to see if this movie is going to be crap or not. That's pretty much just what I care about at this point. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I've been following the story since how you know how it started, and it's been all over the place with production. So uh, I don't think they've even started filming, and it's been all over the place. So, but it's. Uh, we'll see how things turn out here. And now uh, a sequel of a movie that you wouldn't think needs a sequel, but we're getting one either way. Independence Day two. Sure. So um, this has been, you know, we've been talking about this probably for like two years now. And even before that, it's been going on for so long, Independence Day. Like the sequel has been on and out of, like out and in a production like for a while. Always, you know, never really gets off the ground. But apparently now one of the rumors is that Liam Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth's younger brother, is being um, offered a lead role in the movie. Which is cool, I guess, but we all kind of expected Will Smith to have the lead role in this movie. So that's kind of weird, but sure, why not? Um, I mean, I was—I I think we we're all really looking forward to just having Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith pretty much as the leads again, because that's that's pretty awesome. But it's you know it's still scheduled to be released June twenty fourth, twenty sixteen, and we'll see how this how this goes. I mean. Um, I really don't care about Liam, Liam Hemsworth being in this movie. I don't think he's a bad actor, but it doesn't really make me any more excited for this movie. So I'm just kind of indifferent to it. 
And uh, now back to Chris Pratt once again. Um, the Indiana Jones movie. Uh, there's apparently, you know, this reboot that's apparently in early development. And a while ago, I talked about it. How um, what's one of Disney? I think presidents said that they, at the moment, they don't really have a plan for it, but there is an idea of what they want to do. Like right now, they they don't they don't really they don't really want they aren't really planning anything. But apparently, it looks like they are. And this was like what like three months ago when he said this or so. And now we have um, Chris Pratt is being looked at as the lead to play Indiana Jones in a reboot, which is kind of interesting because he had turned down the role of Nathan Drake in the in the Uncharted, uh, uh, you know, video game adaption movie thing. And the funny thing is, Nathan Drake is pretty much just Indiana Jones, just like for the 21st century, I guess, for everyone. It's just video game version. But he's pretty much just Indiana Jones. I mean, he's got his own personality and everything, but heavily influenced by the Indiana Jones franchise. So it seems kind of weird he would turn he would turn that, that one down, but apparently the reason he turned that one down is seems like scheduling conflicts because the movie is apparently going to release 2016, and he's filming a few movies now, and now he's filming Cowboy Ninja Viking, and, he was, and I think he's going to film a few more movies between that time, and also 2017 is a release date for... for um, uh, what's it called? Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I think it is. 2017, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong. I'm not sure. But uh, it's at some time around there. So it's kind of weird, you know, the I guess the filming time for all these movies. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, obviously Indiana Jones is not going to start filming now. But, well, I, I, w- I wouldn't really have a problem with it. But I I would I would have, you know, really been interested if he would have been um, casted as lead role in Uncharted. But that's another conversation. <laughs> So, Mission Impossible 5, the release date has been pushed, well, I mean, up till uh, this summer. This summer, actually, was apparently going to come out in December, in sort of like, you know, a week before or after, I think it was, of um, Star Wars Episode 7. So now we're getting Mission Impossible 5 in the summer, which is a smarter choice, because um, Mission Impossible, you know, Tom Cruise, as great as he is, is not going to beat the next Star Wars movie. So, summer is a better a better a better thing like that and uh yeah so that's that's pretty cool i i i i pretty i'm pretty excited for the mission impossible movies i mean the last one was really good because brad bird's just fantastic but uh yeah so now the ca- casting news that i we pretty much all knew already and it's about the ghostbusters reboot the movie that doesn't need to happen but anyways, it's happening. Paul Feig is, you know, directing the movie and also co-writing it against uh, Katie Dippold. De- De- Dippold. I'm bad with last names. But anyways, we have Christian Wig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie... I think her name is Leslie Jones. I don't want to mess up her name. Yeah, but we got four casted actors already, or actresses, for this movie. And I think, yeah, Leslie Jones is her name. And Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones are both from Saturday Night Live. But we have, um, Kate, I mean, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, which everyone already pretty much knew because Paul Feig worked with them on Bridesmaids. And um, it seems like a given that these would be, these ladies would be casted in this movie. I mean, it only makes sense. But um, I think my... You know, I think I already talked about my problem with the Ghostbusters reboot. Is that why make this movie at all? We don't, we didn't like this. Nobody liked the sequel. I don't think they're going to like a reboot. And on top of that, I understand you're trying to go for diversity, but why put 
female character why get female actresses to play characters that are already made famous by men? Why not just do something else entirely? I mean, go ahead and reboot it, but different characters, hopefully. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just not very interested in this movie. I hope I hope it actually turns out well so I can enjoy it, but not really interested in this movie. But yeah, there we go. We have the we have the the cast, not I guess not the full cast, you know, of the whole movie, but it's still pretty interesting. I mean, we were pretty much everyone guessed who were the main the two main leads in this movie, but yeah, that's pretty exciting. And uh I, this this whole past two weeks have been filled with just casting news. Um, Emma Watson has been cast as the role of Belle in uh, the Beauty and the Beast live-action movie, which, um, sure, why not? She she definitely fits that that sort of role. Um, I, I'm, I, don't, I didn't even know this movie was happening, and in fact, I don't really care for it, but it might be good because it, I don't know, the last few live-action adaptions you know, that they've been making, Disney haven't really been that great. Uh, Maleficent, and now we have Cinderella coming out in March. And the trailer just looked like just sort of like scene per scene copy of what we saw in the animated movie, which is like we've already seen this. We've even seen this in like ABC Family versions of it or Disney Channel straight to TV movie versions of this stuff. So do we really need to see it again? And there's not even singing in it, so that's that's kind of weird. Why there wouldn't be singing in the Cinderella movie? Sure. Let's just hope these movies aren't as bad as they look. <laughs> um, now we have uh, the Hateful Eight cast revealed. I mean, we knew the main cast already, but we not, now we have like the supporting cast revealed, and it's like a bunch of people. So um, we have Kurt Russell. We, this, these are people I think we already knew. Kurt Russell, uh, Walton Goggins, and uh, Michael Madsen. That We knew that. Tim Roth, Bruce Stern. We knew all that already. But then we also have... Uh, we have... Some of some people he's actually worked with before. Um, give me a second. I know he had casted one of the girls from his movie Death Proof, which was like his worst movie, but it was still pretty decent when it has when it comes to accident. Yeah, so he had he casted Zoe Bell from it, and some people he worked with in Django and Chain, but these were like smaller characters and stuff, and. Um, like you'll pretty much see them know who they are once you see them, but uh, yeah, I think the biggest ones were were stuff like um, uh, Damian Bichir and uh, Ch- Channing Tatum, which we already we already knew that. But yeah, it looks like it's a pretty big big cast in this movie, and I'm just in general pretty excited for it. What's happening? But there's like the official synopsis here, which was the most interesting thing out of this whole thing. So I'll read it just word for word. In the Hateful Eight, set six or eight or eight or twelve years after the Civil War, it's a weird wording there. Um, a stagecoach stagecoach hurdles through the wintry uh, Wyoming landscape. The passengers, bounty hunter John Ruth, played by Kurt Russell, and his fugitive Daisy Demurg, 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 played by Jen- Jennifer um, Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, race towards the town of Red Rock, where Ruth, known in these parts as the Hangman, will bring Demurg to justice. Along the road, they encounter two strangers, Major Marquis Warren, uh, played by, I'm assuming, Samuel Jackson, because he's always in his movies, uh, a black a black former Union soldier turned infamous bounty hunter, Chris Mannix, uh, Walter Goggins, um, a southern rene- renegade who claims to be the town's new sheriff, sheriff losing their lead on the blizzard, 
Ruth Demerg Warren Manic Seek Refuge at Minnie's Minnie's Haberdashery <laughs> a stagecoach stopover on a mountain pass. When they arrive at Minnie's, they're greeted not by a proprietor but by four unfamiliar faces. Bob, the Mian Bichid, who's taking care of Minnie's while she's visiting her mother, is holed up with Oswald Mabray, which is played by Tim Roth, the hangman of Red Rock, Cow Cowpuncher Joe Gage, played by Michael Madsen. For some reason, that makes perfect sense. And um, Confederate Gen General Sanford Smithers, played by Bruce Dern. As the storm overtakes a mountainside stopover, our eight travelers come to learn they may not make it to the Red Rock after all. So this sounds pretty like pretty isolated and and sort of um, you know not a, a very a very huge western. It sounds like it's more isolated in that one town and during the summer. So I mean during the winter, I think. Yeah. So that's 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 pretty cool. I guess it sounds it sounds exciting. I mean. We don't really have enough westerns nowadays, and it's always nice to see a western come up, you know, in the cinema. So that's pretty nice. And uh, so this was about a like you know kind of old news, but it was about a week ago uh, where Chiwetel Ejiofor is lo being looked at to join Doctor Strange, a Doctor Strange movie, and nobody really knows what he's going to be playing. Um, the most logical thing here seems that he's going to be playing the villain in the movie. We don't know who, probably uh, Barry Mordor or something. I don't I really don't know but um I I guess like the that's the only logical thing he'd be playing a villain and he's actually pretty good at being a villain if anybody ever saw the 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 Firefly movie Serenity he was a really 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 just crazy villain in that movie he was just very terrifying and I you know it's a lot a lot of thanks to Joss Whedon but also because he really gave a really chilling type performance in that movie so I'm always excited to see him play a villain, so I can't wait to see if he what role he's going to have. But I highly doubt he would play like Wong or something in the movie, which I I don't know wouldn't be a bad idea. But the thing is, then you're taking out the possibility of having of hiring you know getting a good Asian actor to play that character, which we, there's not a lot of really Asian characters in the Marvel universe in the movies at least. Very few. I mean, the only one I can think of is uh, Melinda. May or the one from Agents of Shield. I, I know her name is May, Agent May, but I don't know what's her first name. I think it's Melinda. Sounds like it, more like around there. But yeah, so it would be. It, it seems more logical that he'd be playing like a villain or something in a movie, which is fine by me. And apparently, this this is a you know rumor, but um, it seems like Daniel Brohl, who was casted a while ago in uh, Captain America: Civil War, you know, he was he was kind of like. He got casted, but nobody really paid much attention to it. They just said, oh, he got casted in the movie. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's a great actor. And he's worked with, um, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch before and Chris Hemsworth. So, yeah, why not? And he's he's good. So now it seems like he might be playing uh, Baron Zemo, which is Captain America's, like, um, arch, arch nemesis, which seems like he's going to be playing that character. And uh, But the thing is, the way this new you know this sort of information came around was pretty sketchy it was like on a on a on a you know movie it's like an unofficial casting call on like a movie casting website and apparently these people you know they reached out to to disney and it has to do with you know captain america civil war and it's under like a code name and everything but it's it just seems kind of sketchy but it does make sense now because he is a german he was a german raised uh you know actor 
and it wouldn't be such a bad idea to have him play a villain and Baron Zemo too. It'd be really cool to see that. And yeah, I don't know. I, I'm 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 pretty excited for that if he's the character. But um, even if he's not, whatever he's going to play in is going to be still pretty interesting. But at this point, you know, speculation, speculation doesn't matter. And um, so now moving on to the Deadpool movie. So apparently Ryan Reynolds is saying that it has a very low budget. Um, and that makes sense. You know, this this is a movie that has been it's been you know been a while since uh, since since it's been you know in the making, and you know finally getting the movie is just outrageous. It, most of the time, stuff like this just never happens. It doesn't happen until like the actor's too old or just doesn't do it at all. And yeah, um, it has like a very small budget, which is not bad. And he even says that it means that um, Tim Miller has uh, the director has more freedom. But the thing is, if it's a small budget, that most likely means it could be rated R because, you know, studios don't like to put a big budget in, you know, on movies that are going to be R-rated because if you do that, then they're not going to, there's a lot less likely, it's a lot less likely they're going to make their money back because it's rated R and there's less of an audience that can go see it. And um, I, I, I think, you know, since it's a low budget, this seems like this movie might be rated R. And wouldn't be a bad thing because that's what everyone's been wanting. I mean, I, I I'm okay if it's PG-13 and maybe Deadpool makes a joke about it the whole time throughout the whole movie. But that's fine. I mean, but if it's rated R, that means that it could be just balls to the wall Deadpool, and it'd be fantastic. But um, yeah, so the low budget is actually pretty much a good sign. Just it's Kickass had a very low budget as well, and that movie was you know very R-rated. So that just tells you how much people can do with a small budget. Small budget's not always a bad idea, bad, you know, bad sign. Maybe for comic book movies, since this is a comic book movie and it's smaller than you would expect for a comic book movie, but I don't mean the exact number isn't, isn't you know, said yet, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing this, that this is happening, that we're getting a small budget. So yeah, I can look forward to a possible R-rated Deadpool movie. So now moving on to more Fox stuff, it's X-Men Apocalypse. So um, the X-Men Apocalypse, apparently Rose Byrne, Byron, I don't know how to pronounce her name, just real bad. She's just a really good actress. Uh, she was in uh, X-Men First Class, um, and she's apparently going to return, and with a mutant called Dazzler. I'm not very savvy on the, you know, X-Men mutants. I, uh, I've never been too big on that. I haven't read enough of the X-Men comics to really be very savvy with with like all the X-Men mutants because there's loads of them. Tons that are just throwaway mutants, throwaway characters that people don't even know about. Just forget them. And they're just there just just to give some color to the to like the comic. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know. But, she, but she's apparently going to be in it. So that's cool for anybody who really likes her. And the biggest news from this movie, uh, I think this past week, is that they've casted the young um, Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Storm. So um, starting with Jean Grey, it's um, oh Christ, I can't remember her name. Why can't I remember her name? Um, it's uh, Sophie Turner. There we go, Sophie Turner from from Game of Thrones. She's been she's been casted as the young Jean Grey, which is what was rumored a while ago, and totally makes sense now. Uh, we're we are okay with that. And there was another rumor a while back that it would have been. Um, the kid from from the Kingsman Secret Service, which I I remember he had a really funny name, but I always forget it now. 
but instead it's actually Ty Sheridan, which was from that movie B- Mud, um, starring you know Matthew McConaughey. Apparently that was actually a very good movie. And in the final one, uh, playing Storm, is Alexandra Ship. Um, she played uh, Aaliyah in that in that biopic movie that came out on Lifetime. Yeah, I mean she's a less she's a lesser known of the actors, and uh, we she, more she she needs she's like she needs to prove herself more than everyone else. Um, apparently, Ty Sheridan was really good in his role in in Mud, so that's perfectly fine and, and pretty cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm you know every day I'm kind of just looking forward to this movie because I mean they've really they've really done outdone themselves since like uh, X Men First Class. I mean the Wolverine wasn't terrible, but it was the best solo Wolverine movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard to beat X-Men Origins, but still, it's it's been it's it's the best solo Wolverine movie. But then after that, we got Days of Future Past, which has pretty much rebooted the franchise and just got it back on track on what it should be. And that's pretty cool. Um now we're going to have, you know, X-Men set in the 1980s and I guess it's kind of like the original X-Men TV show that was in the 80s, I think it was. And you had like who was it? You had Rogue with like a mullet and everything, and everyone looked very 1980s. So I wonder if they're going to still go with that here in this movie. But uh, yeah, we're still pretty excited for that. And um, also, the Fantastic Four trailer dropped this past week. And if anybody who saw it, you kind of just finished a trailer and went, eh. Like there was nothing, you know, really that interesting about it. I mean, it had some cool stuff, you know, that teased a lot of things, and it sort of gave this really darker, really, like, really dark feeling to the movie, and it felt more more grounded. It's pretty much the darkest movie I've seen, at least the darkest superhero movie I've seen come out of Fox. So it's pretty interesting to see what's going on there, but um, I'm not, you know, I'm not having a... I'm not, I'm not, like, there's no doubts in the movie right now. I mean, the trailer was cool. Everything sounded really bad from the beginning. Everything we've been hearing coming out of that movie. And everything, it didn't look like just a giant CGI fest, which is cool. Uh, we didn't get a shot. If anybody has, hasn't seen the trailer, we didn't get a shot of Dr. Doom at all or even the actor playing him, which was you know kind of weird, but it's all right. We'll probably see something later. We did see, um, I think, a second of of the Human Torch, but like in the distance, you saw him like get on fire. But besides that, we did see the see see them in their human forms. We saw um, Mr. Fantastic, and we even saw him stretch out and everything. For I'm I'm kind of happy about this, you know, choice of going with the younger type actors because you know the Ultimate Universe had the Fantastic Four as teenagers, and and they were still they still are teenagers now <laughs> in the in the in the Ultimate Universe, which is pretty cool but the thing about the ultimate universe pretty much everyone's dead i think except uh invisible woman sadly but i hope that doesn't happen in this movie so yeah it doesn't really seem like it's it didn't look terrible from the trailer but then again taken three didn't look absolutely terrible from the trailer but then if you see the movie you're like wow this is absolutely terrible so there you have that trailers aren't always the best the best judge of you know judge of judging you know movies and stuff judge of character for movies how would you say that i don't know it doesn't matter but the trailer is pretty cool and i do suggest people go see it and then the ted 2 trailer also dropped this weekend uh this past thursday i think it was and it was whatever really i didn't really care for it at all i mean i i think ted was just a movie you should have just left it at that and left it kind of like you know one of those one of those movies you watch years later and you're like, that was a pretty good movie. Why didn't we? Why didn't make a sequel? Because there didn't need to be a sequel. That's it. Because the thing about Seth MacFarlane is that he beats jokes 
to the just murders them brutally and then once they're dead he keeps hitting them over the head over and over and over again until you're so tired of it you want to shoot yourself and that's the problem with Seth MacFarlane at least nowadays and I don't really know if Ted 2 is going to be nearly as good I automat I I think I already know that it's not going to be as good I hope I'm wrong most of the time I hope when I make these you know these uh these assumptions that I'm wrong but it didn't really look that cool. Like I mean, I'm like, oh, cool. It looks it has a funny premise for it, but it's nothing really that great, to tell you the truth. So I'm not at all really excited for that movie. I hope it's good, but given that um, A Million Ways to Die in the West wasn't really that great, I don't see Ted 2 being that great either. So, yeah, um, I think this about uh, kind of wraps up most of the big stuff for this week. I mean, we have small like TV news that I like to talk about. Like, there was a first small, small, very small teaser for Heroes, which is uh, titled Heroes Reborn. That that sort of you know thing. Again, it's it's it was like a small teaser that involved um, one original character from Heroes and Zachary Levi, and yeah, that's pretty cool. And I haven't watched, been watching Gotham, but apparently they're going to introduce the Joker storyline in season one. I don't know if that's already been done, but that's that's exciting. Season one still going on. I mean, I I got I think I saw like the first ten minutes of Gotham. I didn't finish it. I don't know why. I just didn't really want to watch anymore. But I think the last bit of news that I didn't really mention. It's actually pretty cool. Is um, J.K. Simmons talking about? the possibility of him returning as J. Jonah Jameson in a new Spider-Man movie. And um, he kind of just, this this is what he said. It kind of hints at that there's a poss- that there might be working on, you know, another movie. Maybe it might be like, I don't know, that he, uh, that he, that he might go to like, uh, Marvel might be make, might be working on some sort of Spider-Man something, or maybe it's because Sony is actually working on another Spider-Man movie. But he said, I just heard that it's a possibility. That's that's a possibility. That's it. It's pretty much just heard it's a possibility. So he's kind of hinting that somebody's talked to him and there might be something coming up. I mean, Sinister Six is still set for the November 2016 release date. Um, in reality, I really hope this doesn't happen because I think this franchise goes back, needs to go back. Um, well, excuse me. Needs to go back to Marvel, or at least you know some sort of team up. I've been saying that for a while, but I I think that yeah, J. Jonah Jameson needs to be played by J.K. Simmons because he just did a great job. One of the one of the best things of that of that uh, of that of those movies, you know, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. So yeah. So um, yeah, let's wrap up now. Uh, so you guys can follow me on Twitter, Tumblr at the Real Robert H, and on Facebook, you guys can like our pages. That's the movie and the Sasha Marina show, and follow me on Instagram at Robert Alfonso Hidalgo. And you should check out uh, my Kingsman: The Secret Service review, which Kingsman comes out this uh, this week. This week, I think it is. I think February ninth is when it comes out, or maybe next week, sometime around there. It was um, it was a really pretty good movie. You can you know see in detail what I think about it um, in in my review on the YouTube channel, which you can just look up the Sasha Marina Show or that's the movie. Either one of those, and you can also download our app at Google Play, uh, BlackBerry World, and. Yeah, um, and also any Amazon stuff, like anybody who, like that, those three people that have those Amazon phones or stuff, you can download uh, the Sasha Marina Show app there as well, and that's a really easy way to keep up to date with our stuff. 
So, yeah, um, that's about everything. So that's the movie. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Planet Fitness, you can get down with your judgment-free self. Join for only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Now through January 15th, Planet Fitness has cardio, weights, and locker rooms that sparkle like a glass of New Year's champagne. Only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Now through January 15th, join in-club or online at planetfitness.com. Planet Fitness, the judgment-free zone. Offer expires January 15th. Stop by any of our 15 area locations. Annual membership fee applies. Participating locations only. See club for details.